This is the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by The Peers Project. Hello, peers. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akitanor, founder of The Peers Project, millennial entrepreneur, world traveller, podcast expert, and forever your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite inspiring millennial entrepreneurs from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. Our next guest switches between leadership roles more than the DJ on the decks. Nothing, however, gets him jumping up and down and out of bed like his love for people. We'd love to announce and welcome Jason Lee to the podcast. In a city where everything closed early, Jason made sure he stayed open. Open to new opportunities and friends, that is. We simply put locked dinners, turning into citywide events and creating a Facebook group that spawned thousands of meetups. It's clear Jason has mastered the art of community. Although it truly takes a village, we'd like to credit Jason and his vision for creating opportunities for himself. From co-founding Fintech Association of Malaysia to landing a spot on the board of NEM.io Foundation, Jason continues to dominate the industry while also staying connected. His phenomenal work ethic and his desire to connect with peers far and wide even earned him a spot on the impressive Forbes 30 under 30 list. Cue the confetti. If you aren't inspired yet, you will be soon. Today, I'm thrilled to be talking to Jason about creating opportunities for ourselves, investing in lifelong learning and the importance of surrounding ourselves with great peers. Let's take a listen. Hi, Jason. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast powered by the Peers Project. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm a fan of your work and it's great to be here. Oh, I love it. So, you know, you and I are connected recently over social media, over LinkedIn. And when I looked into you and all of the awesome work that you're doing in the fintech and the blockchain space, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I'm Super, I really appreciate you making it. Oh, it's an honor to be here, Michelle. Awesome. Cool. Okay, great. So look, for those of us who don't know, tell us a little bit about you and, and what you do, Jason. So currently right now, as of today, um, I am working with the NEM Foundation. It is a blockchain technology organization, uh, part of the um, emerging technology space. So I serve as the current honorary secretary as part of the board of directors and executive committee and as the interim vice president. So my focus is on governance and management of um, NEM as a foundation and essentially promoting um, blockchain protocols and the use and adoption of blockchain across the world. Oh, I love it. Look at that. (laughs) I cannot wait to dive deeper into that, Jason. But before we do, I want to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing, and that is, where did you grow up? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and your career so far? 
Yes. So I grew up in Malaysia, specifically in Kuala Lumpur. It's an emerging, bustling city and an environment with a potpourri of culture. And um, that is where I grew up to learn to appreciate um, the different um, nationalities um, around me. And also being in a developing market, I've seen the pace of growth. And that had really um, helped me develop a, a vision and a dream for where I'd like to see myself in the future as well. Mm. I'd love that. And, you know, you and I were talking about this before we went on air today around KL and just all the co- cultures that yes. are there. You know, the the Malay, the, the Chinese Malay, the, Chi- the Malay Indian. You know, talk to us a little bit about what growing up in such a multicultured place kind of taught you. So we, we all know about the IQ. Um, there is also the emotional intelligence and the cultural intelligence. And I think those who grew up in Malaysia would have uh, a bit more understanding of the cultural differences across the world. And now because we live in a borderless generation, um, having an understanding of different cultures uh, really helped you being set apart in what you do. And currently in my role right now, I work with people from over 10 different um, countries, different time zones, and it has really helped me in understanding um, how cultures work. And I think that's very important. Um, there's a quote that says, culture, it's strategy for breakfast. And I believe that the future of great organizations and great thinkers of the world are very culturally intelligent. Oh, I love it. I, I comp- could not agree more, Jason. I think that, I mean, myself even, I've, I've done quite a bit of travel and, and studies in, in China and, and in France um, during my university days and just those different cultures and just merging them all together and understanding how they operate, how we could work together. I think it's just given me such a broad perspective and it, it clearly has has done the same for you. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, those early, Jason, the early years, you know, you're growing up in Malaysia and you're, you're in KL and you've, you're growing up with all these cultures around you. What did something stand out for you then? What What was one of the key things you learned about yourself growing up? Yeah, one of the key things was um, the different cultures and the different environments helped me to develop this um, imagination and curiosity mm. and this hunger to always try and mix and match things. So I remember growing up, um, I had this favourite Lego box. It was a red box with plenty of Lego bricks inside and I would make from flying cars to robots and it would be a great fun. And I'd had mixed different toys. So I'd have like um, Cyclops playing with Optimus Prime and Superman and Wolverine. And that all just became a part of my life where I'd like to see the intersection and the intermingling of different things. Mm. So that's how it led me to where I am right now because all the different roles that I played um, had been a part of an intersection in my life. Mm. That's such that's so cool how you've identified that and, and your childhood there. I think, it, I think a question that comes from that is, you know, what did that having to juggle the, you know, having to play a role that's really the intersection of two things. What did that teach you about, about business, about communicating with people and all of that? So that had taught me a lot of perspective. Mm. So when you mix and match things so often, you sort of have a, a bird's eye view of things and the perspective um, helps you in making good decisions in life and then that decisions would form the path forward. Mm. What, were one of, what was one of the best decisions you think you've made to date? I think one of the best decisions I've made is to um, just install this in my DNA to have this unending curiosity to learn and grow. 
I think progress is um, a very big part of life. We all want to progress in life, but I made it my life mission to live and act in life of continuous learning. So every day I commit to spend at least an hour learning new content, uh, learning what's new in this world from emerging technology to personal development and leadership. And that had really been something that I hold uh, truly close to my heart. Mm. So that, that, that hunger to learn. Mm. I love that. And I think that so many of us have forgotten that. You know, I think today we're all so busy. We're trying to get degrees. We're trying to climb the corporate ladder or we're trying to start businesses. And I think that some of us has just have forgotten, you know, the importance of just, of just learning. That's you know, right. what advice could you give to some of our peers out there listening who potentially, you know, they know they want more for themselves. They want more for their lives and, and where they are. They're confused about where they're going, but they don't know how to navigate this. Yep. So what advice I'd give is um, you just need to have this um, perspective. And before you have perspective, you just got to try different things in life. So if you are a millennial, what I'd suggest uh, within the right boundaries as well, do a thousand things one time. Just yes. try and have a taste of everything. And then you, when you've got your inkling of what you like, do a hundred things ten times, and then ten things a hundred times, and when you finally found what you are truly passionate about, do that one thing a thousand times. Mm. Um, if there's a quote from Bruce Lee, you know, famous um, you know, martial artist. He says, I fear not the man who had practiced ten thousand kicks once, but I fear the men who had practiced one kick 10,000 times. Imagine if you just have a few daily disciplines practiced every day. That's going to be something that would put you in an unfair advantage. You'd occupy your street. If you stick to your convictions, you become a person of value. That's where you can really um, stand out and make a difference in the world. Mm. Wow. I love it. I love it, Jason. So let's dive a bit deeper into you and your early days at university and and transitioning from Malaysia to Australia. So talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, I saw that you studied at the University of Tasmania and you you studied law. You know, talk to us a little bit about that transition from Malaysia to Tasmania and, and what, you know, what were some of the struggles you faced during that time? Yep. So, um, I must say I studied law because I did try a whole different group of things and I was very inspired um, by um, a lawyer turned politician. And I thought, hey, politics could be something that I was interested in. And because um, I really enjoyed um, speaking and engaging, I said, let me study law and and become um, a lawyer and see where that leads to. Uh, But in my journey, I've been discovering and uncovering new things. So that means that even though you think you want to do A, Mm. you may end up being doing B, C, D. But having A helps you get into the right direction. So when I um, ended up in the University of Tasmania, um, and and some of you may know Tasmania, everything shuts off really early. Um, I've learned to um, develop opportunities for myself. So rather than say, oh, what's there to do at night? I said, let me do something at night. And um, that was a challenge at first because, you know, everything's quiet and there's nothing much to do. And I said, hey, um, one thing I've learned is that community is so important. And I started organizing community gatherings. So from um, little uh, bring-a-dish events to um, hosting um, large-scale events, um, that sort of made me a bit of like the life of the party. And that was really fun, just hosting different things. And that had taught me a lot because in an environment where everything's closed and you're the only thing that's open, um, it had really taught me a lot about leadership, about community, about friendship, and the importance of um, um, creating opportunities. 
So that challenge turned into um, a strength in my life right now. So if you look back in in all my um, careers um, and and what I did, it all had been linked to my university days, which was about building community, uh, building um, communication, and also then um, the background of law, which is my studies. Mm. It's it's so cool to hear this because I, I couldn't agree more with so much that you said there. I think the first part that really stuck out to me was how although you may go out and choose something or or think something to study or a career you want to take, it might just be the stepping stone to get you to where you actually want to go and not actually your final destination. That was one thing. And then obviously the second thing around community, and I couldn't agree more, I mean, the value of building one, of Mm -hmm. creating something out of nothing. And that's really what you've done your whole whole life to date. So talk to us a little bit about those early challenges of having to build those communities. I mean, especially, as you said, in Tasmania where nothing was going on yeah, yes. and, and people were probably like, I just want to do my own thing. And, you know, what were some of the early challenges you faced? Oh, it was in difficult. that setting, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because we only know the path that has been taken and what was in front of us, you know, what our, our parents tell us, what society tells us. But when we have the opportunity to think differently, to think big, um, that becomes so exciting. So that challenge for me was to think something that was had not existed before. And and humans are actually the only creatures in the world that can do that. They could visualize things. They, um, animals uh, in general just follow the path of nature, but mankind can say, hey, let's fly, let's go to space, let's build skyscrapers um, across the world. And and I, and having that mindset, say, hey, if everything's close, what, what could I do? So that, that challenge um, came in at the right time as well. That was when um, Facebook just started exploding. And I remember one of it was, I said, hey, is there anything happening in Hobart? And I remember starting a Facebook group called Happenings in Hobart. It was just me, the first person. Um, today, it is still running and there are thousands of members with events every week in Hobart. Wow. <laughs> so imagine an international student say, hey, let's just post events. And I used to post all these university-based events for people around um, Hobart, which is the capital city of Tasmania, to attend these events. And, and that was sort of the start of uh, my journey into the digital space and, and hosting uh, local community events as well. Mm. Wow. It's it's so cool looking back, isn't it? I mean, now you've done so much and we'll dive into your, you know, your career in, in blockchain, fintech, all of that, all of that amazingness. But looking back and you just say, you know, I was that one person to put my hand up and go, hey, we should have this one thing here. Why don't we have a community? And now seeing it years later, grow, growing into something amazing. And that I think that's the power of actually stepping up and stepping out and doing something a little bit different. That's right. And I'd like to encourage those who want to step out and do something different. Um, they are um, the rewards of it as well, but there's also um, the struggle behind yes. it as well. So I had to put in a lot more effort to um, get to um, organizing community events because, hey, my first job is as a student. I need to study and, and do well. And then also then the whole community aspect of things. Um, but that actually ended up um, to having its good rewards. So I actually ended up being paid by the university to run community <laughs> events. Um, so the Community Friends and Networks program said, hey, you've been doing such a good job. Let's pay you to do it. And then um, interestingly, um, ABC Australia came to film me um, on two occasions. So I was actually a, a, a film star for like 15 minutes yeah. in my fame at that moment um, to, ex- to just explore my community. And it's still on YouTube right now in this TV series called My Australia. Um, and, and, and opportunities like this would not have existed if you don't do something that you haven't done before. You know, if you think the way you used to think, you do the things you used to do. Mm. If you want to get to do something differently, you want to aspire to do something, you got to think differently, you got to do differently. 
Oh, it's it's just so true. It is just so true. And I love that. And that's not the only time you've been on, on TV, Jason. <laughs> I literally, what's so funny is that looking into, the night before I do big interviews like today, um, I obviously do a bit of research on all of you guys and I was looking into you and your LinkedIn profile and whatnot. I did stalk you quite hard um, and I found a a video of you're on Bloomberg Business in – Bloomberg TV, sorry, in Malaysia yes. and you were talking about – it was awesome to say you were talking about um, all things a blockchain fintech and you were – at the time you were a part of Next Money. That's right. So, look – I just it's so funny that you say that so many parallels here. Look, talk to us a little bit about how you transitioned from university your university degree into uh, the space into the blockchain blockchain and fintech space and then how this opportunity came about with Bloomberg. Okay, so let me fill that gap first. So yeah. after I did law, um, I said, hey, I want to take things the next, next step further. And I was interested in entrepreneurship. So a master's of international business came in and I've had a scholarship for that. And when I did the master's, um, elect, my lecturer in um, uh, marketing and, and human resources said, hey, Jason, why don't you explore um, graduate programs out there? Because they give you a good perspective before you actually get full in to something. So I went back um, and, and researched and applied for different graduate programs. And I was very fortunate to be part of a banking program in Malaysia. It was an international program um, with 180 people from 30 markets. So we were one of the top five that was uh, chosen to be part of that banking program. So over that two years, I was rotating around the different uh, parts of banks uh, from um, that particular bank. So from um, retail to commercial banking, I did a stint in the CEO's office and I landed in a wealth management and during that time, I, I still had an itch to do something that was community-oriented. And um, the the digitization of um, sort of financial services was just picking up back then. The word fintech came in and no one knew what fintech was. So again, um, back to the power of technology, I saw, hey, there's a Facebook group called Fintech Malaysia. And I joined a group and said, hey, let me organize events like I used to in <laughs> university. And we ended up organizing more than 20 events across uh, the year. And said, hey, let's form a a a registered association. So I went to the registrar societies and and um, together with a team um, uh, formalized the FinTech Association of Malaysia and now it's a, a national platform that works with regulators and banks and, and startups to, to form um, thought leadership on FinTech. So during that time, uh, FinTech was picking up and Bloomberg was looking into um, doing feature stories. Mm-hmm. And at that point of time, I thought, hey, um, Actually, Bloomberg TV Malaysia is just a 15 minutes drive from my home. And um, I think I found out the, the producer was looking on, on Twitter or LinkedIn. And I said, hey, would you like to have a feature on FinTech? I could speak about it. Wow. And I created that opportunity, which led to two interviews uh, with uh, Bloomberg TV Malaysia. So that <laughs> And all that, I actually had to take annual leave for my job in banking to be uh, featured in an interview. I remember that day. It was, it was really funny. Um, and I still stayed on my job, of course. And for me, um, this fintech community building site was sort of like a, an extracurricular activity for me. And I've actually maintained that same uh, position as well. So even as I uh, work in my roles and in my work, I still have sort of the different curricular activities, like getting involved in, in the fintech community. And right now with um, uh, the Forbes 30 under 30 community and the other communities that I continue to engage with as well. It's so cool, Jason. I just think, like, I already think I know what your interview title is going to be, what the episode name is going to be. It's going to be something like creating opportunities for yourself because that is literally what you've done time and time again. And I think, I think that 
and this is what I think I want, you know, our peers out there listening to take away from this. You know, if anything, it's just that idea of you know, putting your hand up and just going, hey, like, I mean, you were working full time in banking, you know, and you, you started this side hustle, the community, but, you know, you and you were like, no, I could speak on that. And, you know, there you are on Bloomberg TV. You look like an absolute superstar. I know you are one, but, you know, it just, it's so cool. And I think that these opportunities only ever do come about if we create them. That's right. Uh, but I must say that with that one um, highlight that you see on LinkedIn, there is a hundred rejections yeah. behind it. I mean, the amount of times I had to approach different people and said, hey, would you be interested in considering this or that? And not everyone says yes, mm. but rejection makes you stronger, right? You know, the, the pain is your gain, you know, short-term pain for long-term gain. You know, you sacrifice something now for something better later, and then you then um, have that success um, reap its reward in the future. So that's something that I like. And, and I want you, and, and to all those who are listening out there, you need to practice this for everything you do in life because anything you do in life um, is how you do, everything you do in life uh, links to how you do anything in life. So, so make sure that, that you do something um, in all your steps. It relates to uh, what you value as a person. Mm. I so appreciate that. And I guess my next question is, what has been one of your greatest failures or one of your biggest challenges that that's resulted in a big failure? Oh, wow. That, yep, that, so um, I'll I just zoom forward. So after um, um, banking, um, I went into um, um, an opportunity to actually um, start two companies. Um, those were in the, um, the fintech space. So one ended up being a um, smart city um, accelerate program as a program manager for um, part of the Malaysian government to turn a specific spot into a smart city and also then with an insurance technology a company out of Malaysia. Um, at that point of time, I was also transitioning. So um, I, I just got married and uh, my wife um, had a job opportunity in Melbourne and we decided, hey, let's you know um, take things um, um, to the next level and say, let's see what, what, what is there in, in Melbourne. And then um, that led me to uh, working in um, the, the scene in Melbourne. I thought, hey, let, let me try something outside banking. And then blockchain came in naturally because that was where the emerging space was with blockchain. So fast forward, um, in the last um, two years or so, I had this opportunity with NAM Foundation. Again, created that opportunity because I saw that um, the, the foundation was expanding um, across the world and, and Australia and New Zealand was part of it. So then in, in that role with NAM in Australia and New Zealand, I was working um, essentially as an employee doing uh, partnerships and strategy and business development. And um, at that point of time, um, the foundation um, is sort of in form and structure in a way that where there are elections and, and there's a, a governance and a board. So I put my hand up and say, hey, I'm interested in uh, being part of the position of secretary for the foundation. And, um, you know, after the whole process, um, I was elected, so very thankful for that. And that's when the big failure happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always that. success and then boom. Yeah, yeah. Like, so oh. essentially, it was essentially almost towards like a mountaintop moment, right? Yeah. Like, oh, got in um, into sort of from an employee to, yeah. uh, you know, part of the board and, and being in, in the council and the decision making of an entire organization. And then uh, what happened was because our organization was linked to um, the uh, cryptocurrency industry, mm. and um, some may know that the markets have um, hit uh, an all-time low now, and that had affected um, our future company direction as well. 
So just when we were thinking we could expand and continue all our um, uh, strategies, uh, we actually had to cut a significant percentage of um, our teams. Essentially, a huge amount of people had to leave and we had to restructure, reconsolidate and to renew um, where our direction would be. And I felt that, to be honest, I felt that was a very vulnerable and, and low moment uh, for for me and, and for the whole team. I felt that we had failed the team. A lot of friends we had to have tough conversations with. Um, and, and it's still, to be honest, still ongoing. Yeah. You know, there, there's still um, different people that we had built really good working relationships with, good partners um, throughout the years. And now said, oh, we've got to put things on hold for now. We've, we may not be able to continue on with the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the light is at the end of the mm-hmm. tunnel. With the new leadership in the last few months, we have uh, formed a, a very strong um, um, strategy forward. And, and we are getting buy-in from um, the right people in the industry, uh, in our organization. And I feel that uh, we are poised to, to be one of the, the most successful uh, blockchain technology organizations around. Wow. Look, Jason, and this is why I love this type of conversation. It's just so real, isn't it? I think that it's, I think that for one, I want to commend you and your team for getting through what you've gotten through these last couple of months. I can only imagine how difficult and I've been through yeah, tough times in business as well. And I, I guess a question I've got for you is how do we pick ourselves up when we fall down? You know, how do we get into a position or into a headspace where we can go, it's okay, we've got to fire half the team, but we're going to make it to tomorrow? Yes. Well, um, I've been listening to, to Jim Rohn and, and he, he talks a lot about leadership and goal setting and, and he said, how do you solve a problem, right? So you, you speak to someone who has, has done it or you read and learn something um, that relates to solving that problem and then, and then you act on it. You know, it's, it, who you are is the people you meet and the books you read, right? The people that you spend, the five people that you spend your closest time to with. Um, so, so I guess during that time itself, um, I, I sort of, because of my learning curiosity, I started searching about how um, organizations uh, went through turbulent times and, and get out of that. And I spoke to people who had gone through um, the similar season as well. And that had helped me tremendously. And that's why I strongly believe in, in having the right people, coaching, mentoring, um, who can help you in that. And that, that had really helped me um, in, in going through that couple of months as well. So speaking to the right people and surrounding myself with the right people to make sure that we can weather through the storms. And that's not just uh, professional, but personal as well. I couldn't agree more. And it's so funny. We talked about this on um, a previous episode, but it, it's just so true. I think that who you surround yourself with, your team, your, you know, your personal life, your group of friends, you know, I think I think it's just so important. It really does play a very important role in how you turn out and how you get through things. That's right. So how do we build that community around us? How do we find those people? So, um Simple, you just find community. There are communities across the world and, and there are platforms that support these communities. Facebook groups, meetups, um, even your church communities as well are all there. You can either start one or you can uh, join one. And, um, and for me, I have different community circles that I highly value. So um, another side story, when I, when I came in as um, the uh, secretary um, early 2019, I also had a baby girl. So oh, it was congratulations. Um, thank you. Couple months now wow. and and I had to build um I realized hey, you know what? 
so much changes are happening. Let me surround myself with a community um, that can support us and we can also then co-support each other. So with regards to family, um, I found a fantastic and amazing church community with um, young families and babies that we can grow and journey with. And I found um, a community within the blockchain industry as well that, that supports each other in going through that, this big phase that we're all in. And even uh, in a personal transformation as well, I, I lost 10 kilos in the last three months. Wow. Not because of the stress, but I decided, hey, I'm going to transform my body and found uh, four other guys to say, let's do it 6 a.m., three times a week. Let's go to the gym and, and exercise and wow. eat healthy. And that community had helped me to shape um, my, my, essentially my physiology and psychology as well. Because you start the day with discipline, you start the day with intention, then that leads to other areas of life um, overflowing as well. So communities was, was so important and asked so important to me and at the same time as well um, I'll add on to that that within that communities you want to find people that you can look up you can look side and you can look down so upwards meaning people that you can look up to who have gone down that you know beaten path and you can seek advice for those are mentors or sideways as well people whom you are journeying with your fellow peers yes, right. yes. <laughs> and, and that's so important and then down is that the hope um, giving back as well so you look for someone who is you know seeking out direction and, and that giving back gives you perspective as well because mm-hmm. it reminds you of the days that you had gone through and it also provides you insight into you know what um, people are thinking uh, from from a that that level and for where you are because your chapter 20 is still someone's chapter 10 and, and you could help them move on to the next few chapters in their life because of the experiences you had been through. Oh my goodness, there are so many takeaways already from this episode and I cannot wait for everyone to listen in. I think... That idea around above, you know, all all facets of community and and giving back and and mentorship. I think it's so important, and I think that's that's really part of the reason why I started the show. You know, it was around how do we get our peers together? How do we learn from one another? How do we have you know this peer to peer mentorship going on that people can listen into? So I I so I totally identify with that. Um, so cool. Okay. So, look, talk to us a little bit about how you juggle all of your leadership roles. So I was looking into you a bit further as well last night and I found that not only, as you said, you've, you've got your side hustles, you're building these communities, you're at NEM, you're working through those, those tough times and trying to pioneer through, but you're also, you know, you've got many other leadership roles. At the moment, I think you're strategic advisor and co-founder of Policy Street. You're still involved as a co-founder of the FinTech FinNext Capital. You're a founding member and secretary of FinTech Association Malaysia, which we touched on. You know, how how do you juggle all of these roles? Yep. So I think it's important to have um, good good people around you and and that's where um, when you build community the next level is um, the level of relationship that you build with the people in your community and and I was very uh, fortunate and very blessed that um, when I met um, the people with uh, within Policy Street and Phoenix Capitals, uh, specifically uh, Yen Ming and Wilson and Vini, and these are the people that had really shaped me in my entrepreneurial journey. And even as I transitioned into Melbourne, they said, "Hey, Jason, don't worry about it. You know, you go on to the next phase. Uh, we'll hold a fort, but we'll see you as an advisor. Mm. Um, you still have um, the the equity in your company, and you still are acknowledged as you know someone as part of the founding team." And, and we continue to grow together in this journey. Mm. So I'm, I'm very, um, you know, 
I always feel so grateful having great friends like this. And that's just one specific phase. You know, even coming to Melbourne as well, meeting different people, and then that's the next phase and the phase after that. But building these strong, good, deep relationships that you know they are friends that you can count on and that, um, that you can be a support to them as well really matters. Mm. Yep. How do we build strong, lasting relationships? Oh, it's a quality and quantity time. That's so important and, and also very intentional time. Um, like when I speak with my friends, I don't just go out and do a, a coffee shop talk and how things, talk about politics and the weather and different things, but I intentionally say, hey, how's your life going? How are, are the different aspects of your life? You know, if, if you can actually break down your life to seven to 12 different areas, emotional, social, spiritual, relational, and say, hey, are these areas okay? And you help them in an area of need because everyone has an area of need. You may do very well financially, but you may need, um, and you have an area of need in the relationship perspective. You may do very well well in your um, specific aspect, but you may feel that there's something lacking from a spiritual side of things. Your soul needs refreshing. So that's where um, community comes in and it's so important because they help you um, ensure that you know, there is uh, a, a sort of sort of minimum standard, you know, that, that we are all living healthy lives in all aspects of life. So what I'm trying to really do is to chase not um, mountaintop successes, but more a, a steady increase of balance in life from family to uh, professional life to the different aspects of life. And I think that's where uh, the, the truly um, joyful and happy and contented people are as well. Mm. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's always such a challenge. You know, something I, a question I've got for you is, you know, in this, in this ever changing tech world where, you know, we're glued to our phones, where we're, for the first time ever, we don't feel as connected with each other. And even though we've got so many ways to get more connected, you know, how do we still, how do we still build these communities or have that intentional conversation when we've got so many distractions and we feel so isolated? So I'll get a bit technical here. You could have a structured conversation or an unstructured one. So a structured one would be um, actually engaging with someone professionally, like mm. a coach. In fact, I, I just had a, a enrolled with a life coach. So he's he is asking me very specific intentional questions about my life and the direction of my future. And that's really helping me shape my perspective. And then there are unstructured conversations, just um, you're browsing on LinkedIn and, and something caught your eye. So I was browsing and I saw Blitzscaling by Reid Hoffman and Richard, how to scale a company to a multi-billion dollar company in a short span of years and I, then I started learning about that and started building a community about people interested in, in blitz scaling and also then um, for blockchain so you just got to have that that continuous curiosity that, mm. that boils down back to my early days when I committed to learning something new um, every day and there are different uh, tips and tricks to learn as well and, and to learn in an effective way mm. mm -hmm. Give us some of those tips and tricks Oh, okay uh, It's a bit <laughs> crazy um, I, When I wake up I immediately put uh, headphones into my ears and I brush my teeth listening to something while, while, I, while, while I get ready for, for the day and actually listen at two times speed So I go and po I listen to your podcast on two times speed and, and you know what? Your brain can actually listen more than that, right? You, you imagine the, the neurons fine. You can go much faster and, and I learn to speed read I learn to... Um, uh, bring the best out of specific conversation and give my best as well. So like coming to this podcast, um, I actually spent a lot of time uh, thinking through what were some of the, the most important things that I could say in this limited period of time and, and that can help provide as much value to others as well. So these are some of the ways to learn fast and quick. Mm. 
I love it. And I'm an absolute culprit of listening to podcasts on double time. I'm a huge fan of the Lewis House podcast. And I'm, yeah, he's amazing. I mean, look, hopefully we can be as good as him one day. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know. (laughs) Loving the way you're asking questions. No, I I think it's honestly, I think the podcast is only as good as the guests that we have on. And I'm just so grateful that we are able to speak speak with people like yourself, Jason, and, and to really just pull out some of your all of the knowledge that you have and that you've accumulated over the years. And so we really appreciate that. Thank you. And I must say, I can't credit this to myself. It's the community yeah. around me. It is the people. It says, um, there's, a, there's a saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And I can only credit the entire village for the last you know, span of my year, life in, in this world that had brought me to where I am right now. So it's mm-hmm. actually a very humbling experience, but it, it had taught me one thing, responsibility. Because of the things that you have and because of the way that you think, you have a responsibility to the world right now to, to give back and then to see what's next for you. Mm. Oh, I absolutely love it. I mean, look, Jason, we could talk for days. I, I'm i loving this conversation. I just know I that, that our peers out there listening and I love it as well. So, look... As we as we do start to progress though through to the, you know, to the ending part of the of the episode today, yes. I just want to firstly acknowledge you, Jason, for you know, all of the awesome things that you're currently up to, all of the all of the runs, responsibilities you've taken over the years, and you know, you wear so many hats. You know, you've got so many different leadership roles across APAC. You're in many different countries in one year. And at the same time, you're able to maintain like genuine relationships. And that's just so awesome to see. And I think there's so much that we as, as your peers out there listening, you know, could take from that. And for that, we really appreciate and acknowledge you. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. Cool. So as we come to the close of today's episode, I want to finish up on a final question, which is how we finish all of our interviews here at the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what's the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? That's a great question. And I've been listening to your podcast and I've actually thought really hard about what's the value um, you know, of pursuing what I'm most passionate about. And, and that what one word came to mind, um, that is the value in, in creating legacy. And, and legacy is all about giving back. And if you picture a concentric circle, the legacy starts with you and then your family, your community, society and humanity. I want to be able pro- to provide value to humanity itself. Um, I truly believe that blockchain and emerging technologies will transform society just as much as the internet did for the world. We need to be ready for this seismic shift of new ways of building economies as we usher in the next generation of globalization. So that's what I'm going to focus in. That's going to be my life journey to leave a legacy um, and down for me to family, community, society and humanity. Oh, Jason. Jason, everybody. <laughs> Amazing. We've had an absolute plus. I'm just blown away by your energy and your ability to just roll with the punches and to prepare. You've prepared so much for this. And I. it's been actually an absolute honour to have you on the show. And so where can people learn more about you and NEM and your work? Yep. So if you just um, search out um, Jason Lee and NEM Foundation, you could find me on social media everywhere. On, on LinkedIn would be uh, the best place professionally. 
and um, just just Google. Have that curiosity because when you learn, you're just going to search everything out and you're going to find as many ways to learn about something um, and, and that would help you um, go to the next step. Uh, but before I um, end, I'd really like to thank you, Michelle. So you are absolutely inspiring. Just um, seeing you do all this, um, you know, many people, we need more, more people like you in this world and, and we need to have more people that, that give and receive and you're giving so much as well and I hope that you do um, receive um, the reward as well. Many people are listening and it's just an incubation. It's in the seeding phase and when they get to a place, they would know that it came from all these um, learning and interviews and I'm glad to be part of this journey. I'm, I'm very, very humbled and I'm very grateful for this and I thank you, Michelle. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. We cannot wait to see where we go and where we take this. And it's just our absolute privilege to have people like yourself on the show, Jason. So that is it for today. For everyone listening in, we hope you enjoyed it. And we will end with that. Piers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or any app where podcasts are played and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers. <laughs>